0: Hey, going everyone, I'm Denny Boy, I'm the host of one of Australia's favourite horror podcasts, the Creepy Crap Podcast. The show is quick, it's simple and it's Australian. The show covers a wide range of horror movies, from the good to the bad, the new to the old and every second episode is an Australian movie, whether it be horror, exploitation or something else, the podcast has got it all. And if you want to follow it, you can get it at TikTok, Instagram, Discord, and YouTube. You can get it all at one word at the Creepy Crap Podcast. I'm even on Letterboxd at the Creepy Crap Pod. The show is on all the major podcast apps, so if you feel like showing some love, if you're willing, I'd love a five-star review, but no pressure. I don't know what else to say, but thanks for listening to me. Hope you check out the podcast. It's the Creepy Crap Podcast. Anyway, have a good bloody day. See you later. Shake a tail pin, a bikini babe, catching a run. Welcome back to another episode of Bucket Up Chum, the Shark Movie Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Captain Steve. And this week, we are talking about ice sharks from 2016, directed by Emil Edwin Smith. Um, Yeah, so we're just going to go right into the plot synopsis off of Letterboxd here. Just when you thought it was safe in the Arctic, a new breed of aggressive, ravenous sharks cracks the frozen ice floor of an Arctic research station, devouring all who fall through. As the station sinks into frigid waters, those alive must fashion makeshift weapons or suffer the same fate. So, yeah, just by the description, I'm really excited. Right? Reading this ravenous sharks. Like, yeah, okay. But, you know, then I think back to last week's movie, raging sharks, and I wanted sharks that were raging. I didn't really get raging sharks. So, and I, I think I even rated that movie a little bit too high. I might go back and change that rating. Um, So yeah, for poster expectations, this one is the shark like busting through some ice and it looks like it's about to bite a helicopter out of the sky. So like I better see this shit in the movie. Like if you're showing this on the poster, I want to see this exact thing in the movie. But I can tell you right now the shark design on the poster is not the shark design that's in the movie. So yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. So, going into this movie, I really didn't know what to expect. I didn't really know much about it. It has an average rating of 2.1 stars on Letterboxd. Um, You know what? Let's see if it lives up to it, and let's dive in. So, right off the bat, title card comes up and says The Asylum. So, now I have a little bit better of an idea of what to expect from this movie. Probably some pretty bad CGI and a whole nonsensical plot. Which, even if this wasn't the asylum, I would have expected the same. But now it's going to be probably even more nonsense than I was expecting. We start off following a man on a dog sled, sledding through the snow until they spot a polar bear eating uh, something like a seal or whatever. And the sledder radios it in, and he's speaking a Native American language, I believe. Not 100% sure, but he radios it in, and he says that he's going to keep following it. So the dog sled pulls up next to the water, and then something pulls them in and eats them and this kind of bothered me a little bit because i have a husky so like one i don't even like dog deaths in movies i think it's like really overused in horror movies but especially when i have a husky i don't want to see this shit people don't care kill all the people you want do not give two shits but don't kill the dogs man come on it's in bad taste i know that's like probably a little hypocritical too because i know they do it in the thing but at least in that, like, it looked really fucking cool, you know? So, like, I let it slide because it's just cool and fucked up looking. This is just cheesy and unnecessary, but whatever. Anyways, and as they're being pulled in, we don't really see much. We just kind of see, like, blood splashing around and then being pulled into the water. And then we see the guy getting pulled in, and we see him, like, lose his fingernail, too, from clutching onto the snow, which is kind of gross. And then he's pulled in, and then we just see, like, kind of a small shark grab and pull him into the water. And again, the CGI, you know, questionable, wasn't that great, which I'm kind of surprised at. I know, like, The Asylum's not known for doing the best CGI, but they have done some decent ones in the past. Like, I remember when I just did Three-Headed Shark Attack, I was pretty impressed with the shark design in that. And then I was looking at some of the later movies, and I'm not as impressed by the CGI. So, like... They have the ability to do it, but sometimes they, they don't. And I in this one I think they kind of drop the ball on the shark design a little bit. So next we're in a research lab with a few people doing various duties and basically we learn that they're there to study like how fast the ice is melting and you know because of global warming and all of that. And one of the guys on the computer says uh, their data must be wrong or something because the ice is melting faster than they anticipated. So they decide that he needs to go out and check the relays or whatever to make sure that what's being recorded is accurate. So Sammy, this computer dude, heads out to see what's going on. Then we're left in the lab with David and Tracy, who seem to be running this place. And Tracy hopes the readings are accurate, so they actually have evidence of global warming, more or less. Uh, this way they can get more funding and whatnot and kind of make their point. So basically, so she can be like, Hey, I told you so, which I mean, yeah, we, we know what's happening, but like, do you really have to wish for it that much? I don't know. It's a little weird. Sammy goes downstairs and he chats with his brother, Michael before leaving. And they plan to get drinks when he gets back. And, um, you know, if he gets back, spoilers, and Michael also warns him about the thin ice out there and then Sammy leaves on a snowmobile. And then Tracy and David get all lovey-dovey and they, then they get a call on the radio from the nearby town and they tell them about the hunter that went missing that we saw at the beginning of the movie. So Tracy and David agree to go and find the hunter because his last known whereabouts are only like five miles away from where the base is. And then we also learn that this is like the fifth hunter to go missing in a month. As they get ready to go, Alex, one of the workers in the lab, shows Tracy and David that there's significant ice melting from some warm front or current or something. But, like, isn't that what Sammy was just going out to check to make sure, like, this data was right? But then she's just like, yeah, no, this is right. So why did Sammy have to go out? Are they working off two different data sets? Or, like, what's happening here? I, I really don't know. I don't know. So they reach to where the hunter was last reported, and they drive around on snowmobiles to try and find him. And then they come across the water that we saw him get dragged into. And as they get close to the water, they see meat and blood. And then David assures Tracy that it's probably just a dead seal. And she grabs samples to, like, make sure of that and then see if the seals are the reason that the polar bears are acting weird. So I guess she thinks, like, the seals are poison, so maybe the polar bears are acting weird, and that's why the hunters are going missing. Obviously, that's not the case, but that's her fucking theory, I guess. I don't know. I'll go with it. Tracy starts collecting samples, and she finds some shark teeth, and then David finds a human fingernail that we saw the hunter get dragged. And Tracy suddenly tells David to get away from the water, and a shark bursts through the ice and knocks him into the water, and the shark starts swimming around him. Tracy then shoots a spear gun towards David, and then she hooks it up to the snowmobile and starts driving to get David out of the water, uh, which she does, and then we see, like, shark fins all over the water. But, like, shooting this spear gun at David, well, not directly at him, kind of beside him, so the spear lands beside him so he can grab onto it. Pretty fucking ballsy, if you ask me, because, like, it's still a spear. Like, you could have killed him, basically, but, I mean... Maybe she's really confident in her shooting. Um, We do see later on, spoiler alert, that David is an amazing shot as well. But we'll get into that later. So they get David back to the base and get his clothes off to, like, wrap him in worn towels so he doesn't freeze to death and get hypothermia. And then the crew asks, like, what happened out there? Then they say they were attacked by sharks. But, of course, nobody believes them because, like, there there aren't sharks this far north or whatever. And then they explain how they found, like, the Hunter's attack site, and then they learn that, like, Tracy thinks they're Greenland sharks because it smelled like piss. So, hold your laughter for two seconds. I did look into this, and apparently this is a thing, because I had to know if this was real, and yes, it is based in reality. So you get it in this movie. Apparently they emit some stuff off of them, and they smell like piss. It's real. I... I couldn't believe it myself, but here we are. And then they figure out that these sharks were trapped there 200 million years ago when, like, the ice shifted or something, and they evolved to be aggressive and go after any species or whatever science bullshit they needed to justify these sharks. How they know this, how they figure this out, I don't know. I don't know if any of this is based in reality. It's probably all bullshit. And again, pro- who cares, right? I don't. You don't. Nobody really cares. The writers didn't care. The director probably didn't care either. I'm just, I'm just saying. The station is shook by something, but they don't think it's the sharks yet, and they decide to stay away from the moon pool. And then they uh, need to radio Sammy to warn him about the sharks. And Tracy radios to the town like their theory that you know it's shark attacks and. uh that they're the cause of all the missing hunters. And she tells, like, you know, tell everybody this. And the guy's like, yeah, nobody's going to believe that. But sure, we'll tell everybody. And yeah, sure, no, nobody fucking believes that because it sounds insane. Sammy is checking the relays or sensors or whatever. And he can see the shark swimming below the ice, but he kind of just brushes it off. But then, like, we hear the ice crack. The shark bursts through going after Sammy. His leg gets caught by one of those ice picks things and as the shark gets tangled in the rope the ice pick pretty much rips his leg off and he's just left with like this meaty mess and this actually looked pretty cool because it looked like they used real chunks of meat so it was actually really gross looking um so yeah it was practical and looked decent so i good job asylum i'm gonna give you points for that one sometimes you make me proud sometimes Sammy makes a tourniquet for his leg and then passes out as we hear the station call on its radio. And I will say, we never come back to this. I thought Sammy just passed out from blood loss, but apparently he's dead because we never see him again. I, so I don't, I don't know why they didn't just have the sharks fully eat him. I don't know why they had to do this, but it was a little lazy in my opinion. Back in the lab, they continue to try and radio Sammy, and the station is shook again, and as it does, Michael and one of the other workers goes out to see if Sammy is okay with gun in hand, and then the worker goes out first, and then we see the sharks using their fins to cut a circle around the station that they're at, and detach it from the ice, so they'll basically just be like free-floating into the ocean. Michael goes out and attaches a cable to the station as the other worker attaches it to a snowmobile in an effort to try to stop the station from drifting away from this ice float that the the sharks have made now. As Eddie, the man helping Michael, tries to save the station, a shark jumps out of the water and he's gone in an instant. It's the classic asylum. You see the shark, grabs the dude, and then it's just like, poof, gone. Hardly any carnage or blood or anything. It's fairly quick and it's a little boring too. But yeah, so poor Eddie is dead. Back inside, everyone tries to come up with a plan and they decide to make some homemade depth charges with propane tanks and torches. So they make one and set it off, which scares some of the sharks away. And then it sends a wave rocking the station around and knocking their radio tower down. So it was a pretty dumb move on their part because I don't think they timed this out properly. Uh, But yeah, basically they sent a tsunami to their station and fucked themselves. So good job, team. For a while, they think this has actually worked, but it just basically scared the sharks off. So they returned to the station. They decide to use their remote sub to use as like a sort of anchor so they don't drift out too far. Actually kind of a smart plan. Again, I will give them that. You have kind of a smart idea. I like that because this way they can keep their position and call for help. And yeah, I respect that. Good, good, good for them for coming up with one good plan. I think this might be the last good plan they come up with in the movie though. Tracy continues to try the radio, even though their tower is down. They know no fucking signal is going to get out, but they still continue to try anyways, instead of coming up with a plan to like maybe fix the tower somehow or boost the signal. No, we're just gonna keep clicking the fucking radio. Oh, help, help, help! No one's come. No one's coming for you. Nobody's coming for you. I'm sorry. <sighs> and then Tracy and David speculate that the sharks are working together, much like orcas, even though it's not their typical behavior. Again, I don't know what this is based off of. I don't. I don't know why they're even telling us this. It doesn't matter. I. I don't need a reason. I just want to see these sharks be aggressive rip people to shreds, and I want to see like more meat, like when Sammy's leg got ripped off. I want to see like meat and bones and gross shit. I'm not asking for much. Maybe like one practical shark effect. Like one. That's it. I'm getting, this is ice sharks and I'm getting heated. Oh. We'll make it through. We'll get through this together, guys. I promise. In the moon pool, Michael and Alex rig up the submersible and remote dive it down to the bottom. And then as Val pilots the submersible, they see Sammy's leg on the screen. And then a shark grabs the uh, thing and starts swimming off with it, pulling the cable. And then one of the sharks comes out of the moon pool and grabs Val. The station begins flooding and the sharks make their way inside. Michael and Alex are stuck inside the room full of sharks or at least one shark swimming around. And then he gives Alex a trank gun and her and Michael shoot at the shark. They turn the power off, then pull an electrical cable down into the water and get to safety. Turn the power back on and it scares the shark away. They make a break for the door and then they somehow make it. Like, okay. So they're in the same room as the shark. These sharks are supposed to be like evolved and highly aggressive. Yet they're like... In the same room, standing in the water with the sharks, and it doesn't attack them. Not at all. I, I don't understand the logic here. Like, what, what are the rules of the shark? Are they aggressive or not? Because if they're aggressive and they're busting their way into the station, do they not want to eat the people? Isn't that their end goal here? So why didn't they eat the people? Oh yeah, and when they got to safety from the electrical wires, they're still standing in fucking water and then they stand on like a couple of like pelican cases, which are like those really heavy-duty cases that you put like camera and like scientific equipment in. But like yeah, it uh nonsense. It's just so much nonsense. I I can forgive the electrical box bullshit, but what I can't forgive is the fact that in your plot description, you tell me these sharks are crazy and aggressive, and then they see people and they're like, "Ooh, people! I'm swimming in a room. Like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing?" Oh. oh. All right, let's. I'm okay. I'll be all right. We'll get through this. We're almost done. We can get through this. So what just happened? Oh, we saw Sammy's leg on screen. Yeah, then got safety. Fucking sharks. ...got scared, and then they escaped, and then, uh, yep, because of reasons, that's where we're at. So, they get to the radio room above, and they begin sealing the room off as the station continues to sink into water. Tracy manages to rig the emergency transponder, and it sends a signal out. Why they didn't do this when the radio tower first went down, I don't know. They waited until the station was fucking sinking. Before, So that whole time, Tracy was like, Hello, can anyone hear me with my damaged radio tower? She could have been rigging this emergency transponder to get help faster. But no, why would we want to fucking do that? Because, oh, that would make sense, right? Oh, yeah, God forbid we do anything like that. Uh, Oh, boy. The station is now fully submerged in the water and is sinking to the bottom and finally crashes into the seafloor. They look out the windows, they see the sharks, and then realize their flashlights are attracting the sharks, so they decide to put the panels on the windows to seal them tight. Again, why you wouldn't do this as you're sinking in the water? Why do you want to see out the windows at that moment? Like, wouldn't you want to try and secure it, make sure there's no leaks or anything? These people are supposed to be scientists, yet they're some of the dumbest fucking people ever. Like, unbelievable. Unbelievable my god anyways the station then loses its main power and it's on reserves now probably because it's in 90 feet of fucking water so yeah Alex tries to come up with ideas they keep getting shot down but like no one else is coming up with anything and as he says like well nobody else is doing anything good fucking point at least he's trying something So then she asks if the sharks are even there anymore. And one of them opens the panel on the window. And we see one is like right outside and then quickly shuts it. So it's like Deep Blue Sea 2. They're underwater. They're talking about the sharks. The sharks are outside listening in. Oh, boy. (laughs) Almost there. We're almost there, guys. I can make it. I'm going to get through it. Okay? We're going to do this. So they come up with a plan. I will spare you every detail, but Michael is going to go out and get batteries from a thing to power the station. And he has to go outside to do this, obviously. Because, again, they always have to go outside the station to fix something inside the station. Every time. I'm starting to see a theme with some of the movies I've chosen this month, and I didn't do it intentionally. But it seems like a lot of the last few movies have been like these underwater uh, labs or stations or whatever. And then, again, they always have to go outside the station. Even though you shouldn't be going outside the station. Uh, okay, okay, okay. I'm Again, I'm going to be okay, guys. We're going to be okay. We're almost there. Alex then gives Michael a metal bar and says, if you see a shark, stab him in the eye. And he just agrees to take it as she basically forces him to. Michael swims out, and the sharks have scattered a bit, but Michael swims right into one. But for some reason, it doesn't attack him. Again, what are the rules here? Are they aggressive and ravenous or not? Because to me, it's like they're not. They're just like regular Greenland sharks where they're like, ooh, people. Like, uh, oh my god. It's just, it's so stupid. It's so dumb. And the CGI here is awful. Obviously, it's not great. Um, yeah, again, I haven't got a clue. Uh, not a fucking clue what the rules are in this movie. Um, he finally reaches the moon pool and finds the batteries, and he turns the power onto the station, and he tells David to turn the pumps on to drain the moon pool room, and then he makes it back to the radio room. So they all put some dive gear together, and then David tells Michael he's working on a plan, and he's basically trying to make another antenna. That's the short and skinny of it. Michael suits up again to do this antenna thing. And basically they're sending a wire cable up to the surface. And uh, But a shark comes along and grabs the device and swims off. Like, what an asshole, right? So now the sharks are concerned about the people. When the people are out there, they're not concerned. But when they try to send up radio signals, now they're like, oh, now we need to get involved. Radio signals? Oh, Not my water, bitch. Anyways, Michael returns and we see a large ship called the Icebreaker and they try to reach the station on the radio and the signal starts to come through on the radio for some reason and they heard the signal through uh, that uh, emergency uh, signal that Tracy sent off and they're on their way. Although it may be a while since they have to navigate around some icebergs but they should be able to rescue them. Whoop de doo. We can go rescue the fucking morons who honestly probably don't deserve to be rescued because they're so fucking stupid. And I I just I hope Mike or David and Tracy just don't have babies to make little dumb little dumb David, little dumb Tracy to go with big dumb Tracy and big dumb David. Oh my god. And so then we see a helicopter Take off from the boat. So, poster, here we come. Maybe, oh, maybe I'm gonna see it. So, Michael dives again and sets off some die packs to alert the helicopter, which drops a cable down. Michael goes to retrieve it and attaches it to the station. So, the helicopter starts to lift the station out of the water. This is not what I thought was gonna happen here, but here we are. They're lifting the whole fucking station out of the water. I I would this work. This looks like a big industrial helicopter. But again, I have my fucking doubts. But again, like I said, fucking here we are. And then the sharks swim in close and then they begin cutting the cables loose, which causes the helicopter to crash and the station to sink back down again. <sighs> So they couldn't even deliver on the poster. The, the helicopter crashed because the station was sinking again, not because a shark jumped out and grabbed it, which is kind of what I was fucking promised in the poster. So now you've pissed me even more off. Oh, God damn it. So, yeah, we didn't quite get the poster. The helicopter sinks and hits the station on its way down, and then they come up with a plan for the ship to drop salvage bags and basically float themselves... Up to the surface. Again, floating the whole fucking station up to the surface. David tells Tracy to stay on the radio. And she says that she's going out this time. But Alex insists that she's going out. So she can see what happened to Michael. So Alex and David are going out while Tracy stays inside. Again, it's like, no, I'm going out. No, I'm going out. Every fucking movie. No, no, I'm no. no. So, Alex gets some of the bags ready as David fires some flares to fight off some of the sharks. And David shoots, like, seven or eight of the sharks, and he gets them, like, in the eye almost every time. Like I, like I mentioned earlier, this dude's aim, with a flare gun, underwater, really quite impressive. I gotta say, super fucking impressive. At one point, Alex even scares one of the sharks away with a torch, she just waves the torch around, the shark's like, "Oh, don't want any of that. The, they could swim away. They could swim away. They don't need to raise this station. They could have their flares. The helicopter could have picked them up. They would have been fine. But no, we gotta come up with these elaborate fucking plans so we can overuse all this god-awful CGI underwater, which is, again, awful. It's just terrible. Oh, Yeah. But even after Alex scaring one of them away, she's eventually taken away and eaten by the sharks. And then David goes off to set off the rest of the salvage bags. And salvage bags are like, well, what they sound like when they're salvaging something from the bottom of the sea. They basically just take air tanks, fill up these bags, and then it lifts it to the surface. So again, they're lifting the entire station up to the surface. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know anymore, guys. I, I promise we're so close to being done. We're so close to just reaching full climax here. I promise. Tracy looks out the window and she sees a shark with a flare in its mouth, head for the window and it busts through and the station starts flooding. They have, they have the panels to go over the windows. Why do they have to keep them open? Like fucking close the panels over the glass windows. It's not that hard. It's not. It's really not that hard. Oh, my God. And so the station begins to rise, and then Tracy tries to fight this CGI shark. The station surfaces, and then the icebreaker gets a crane ready to lift the station out with the shark still dangling from the window. Tracy hits the shark a few times, and then it falls out the window onto the deck of the boat. David gets back inside to Tracy, and they get out of the station onto the boat. The shark is still on the deck and it swats a few people away and then David fucking does like this army dive over the shark, grabs a gun, shoots an air tank and the shark is propelled off the boat and roll credits. Yeah, that's it. That's the whole movie. Like I'm I'm just going to ah uh... Honestly, the shark design was not even that great. Uh, and we didn't even really see the sharks that much. Like this was such a boring fucking movie. Like they had some cool ideas, like the sharks using the fins to cut out around the station. That was cool. Um, the only practical effects we ever saw was when Sammy's leg got bitten off or like pulled off with the ice pick and was like hunks of meat. Um, yeah, but we never saw him again. Again, so I'm just assuming he died. I, I, But, uh he, he could have come back. He had the snowmobile. He could have made a comeback. They left it open for that, and they didn't do it. They're just like, oh, nope, he's dead. Uh Like, the acting wasn't terrible. It's, like, an okay watch, but, like, it's not crazy like I was expecting. Like, I wanted some crazy shit, again, because that's what I was promised, but... Honestly, I got to go pretty low on this one. I'm giving this a one-star on Letterboxd. I, again, I felt like it needed more carnage. I wanted a better shark design. And I just the rules of the shark didn't make any sense to me. Like, when they're in the same room or in the same area, and the sharks are supposed to be crazy and ravenous, and then you don't go after anybody. They're just like, oh, we're sharks. Duh. Like, what? Uh. So, like, when they don't go after anybody, there's no tension anymore. Like, so it's just fucking boring. Ugh, yeah. And, like, we sort of got the poster, but not really. Like, the shark, as I mentioned, the shark on the poster is a completely different design than what the shark is in the movie. The shark on the poster is probably a great white because that's what they always use. But then the sharks in the movie look like Greenland sharks. So, yeah, it wouldn't have looked as appealing on the poster, I guess, but... Uh yeah. Um yeah. I don't know. I got I really don't really have much else for this movie other than it was pretty pretty boring. I I can't see myself ever watching this one again and I can't even recommend, you know, everybody go out and watch it cuz it, again, it was really boring. Again, a lot of great ideas that we just never saw anything come from. So yeah, that's my final verdict. One star on Letterboxd. That's it for me this week, guys. As always, you can find me on all the social medias at Bucket of Chum Podcast. That's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Slasher. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit like and subscribe so you can stay up to date on when videos come out. And if you're listening on this, head over to YouTube right now, hit like, subscribe. I would really appreciate it. And if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Bucket of Chum podcast. And uh, I will see you guys next time for an all new episode of Bucket of Chum. crafty do you care about the environment then you should check out crafty Star studio owned and operated by lisa gorman crafty Star sells products that have the planet in mind the products are made from materials that are reused compostable or recyclable go to craftystarstudio.ca and check out the amazing selection of products today and support a small business that supports saving the planet